Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. It was so good to see some people in person last week. While COVID is currently raging on and stressing everyone out, it was good to be reoriented back to our wonderful Lord Jesus. Today, I've got Christian with me, and we are digging into an awesome chapter in the Bible, and that's Romans 8. While all the Word of God is awesome and needed, to me, there are a few landmark chapters in the Bible where God really shows us what's on His heart, and Romans 8 is one of them. Let's get right into it, Christian. Do you mind giving us a quick recap of last week? If you haven't heard last week's podcast, I'd recommend it because it really sets the stage for our podcast for the next few weeks. Right. So Romans 7, Paul was describing probably his own experience. He he realized that he was pretty good at keeping the law, all except for the last 10 com- uh, commandment of the 10 commandments, which was coveting. And like he, he just couldn't not covet, not want what wasn't his. And then he just dissects it, you know, it's like, okay, with, uh, with the law of good in my mind, I'm trying to fulfill the law of God, but I end up failing because there's another law operating in me, what he calls the law of sin and of death. So then that results in that kind of miserable situation where he's like, wretched man that I am. He's trying to do the good, and then he he fails, ultimately. And there's not really any hope until the very end. And we finally get to Romans chapter 8, where there is a a new law. And by law, we're not talking about here like some written laws or some rules, but a law as in like a natural law or a principle, something that like the law of gravity it's a law in the sense that it, 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 um, it's an overlying principle. So yeah, so now uh, we're getting to the law of the spirit of life. Yes, Christian, A+. Great summary. Let's get right into it because Romans 8 answers so many questions that all Christians go through. And let's focus a little on this law, the law of the spirit of life. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 6 is where we will be today. We will actually read just verse 1 and 2 for now. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Christian, these verses deserve a big hallelujah. Let me read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. A few verses ago, Paul was crying out, wretched man that I am. And now he's saying there is no condemnation. 
That's awesome. And how? How is there no condemnation? For the law of the Spirit of life, it has freed us in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you the floor, Christian. What is Paul saying here? Uh, I want to touch on you were talking about condemnation. So uh, earlier on in Romans, we did talk about there is a condemnation um, because of the fall. All men are under a kind of a judgment, a kind of general ob- objective condemnation. We're condemned to you know eternal perdition because of the sin. But here, um, like you were talking, and especially in chapter 7, it's a very subjective condemnation. It's even maybe his own conscience or in our own experience, we will even condemn ourselves. Maybe we did do something wrong or maybe we thought we did something wrong and that results in a kind of self-condemnation, right? And actually, this is, this is kind of a very crippling self-condemnation for a lot of people um it's very miserable you you become that wretched man that i am so how how are we freed from that kind of self-condemnation right we finally get some some kind of answer some beginning to have some way here in romans 8 and this condemnation it's not just that you know we're no longer condemned by god because of the blood but this is a, a very subjective freeing ourselves from our own self-condemnation, right? The blood's taking care of the offense between us and God. That, that was the Lord's sacrifice. But here, the law of the spirit of life, it's, it's freeing us from that kind of self-condemnation we may have that I've had before. I, 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 I do have at times, right? So um, I, I think just pointing out that here is very subjective, very experiential, right? It's not just an objective freedom from condemnation. Amen, Christian. This is something I think every single Christian can relate to. We talked last time about how Romans 7 was such a miserable condition. We were stuck. We couldn't break free. We were saved from eternal perdition, but somehow in our daily Christian life, we were still stuck in our sins, stuck in our failures. I cannot tell you how many times I have young moms come into my clinic so defeated. They get onto their kids, but as a Christian, they know they're not supposed to blow up on their kids all the time, so they are riddled with guilt. They are full of self-condemnation. Well, like you said, the blood deals with our eternal condemnation. The law of the spirit of life actually frees us from our self-condemnation. How does it do that? Well, let's keep reading the verses. This is Romans 8, 3, and 4. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." The righteous requirement of the law wasn't thrown away or ignored, but it was actually fulfilled in us. Who what? Who walk according to the Spirit. Christian, we have to slow down here and break this down because I feel like this is the key. Paul is writing this down because this is the key. God knew we couldn't keep the law. We have the flesh. 
Every time we try to keep the law in ourselves, we fail. Just like we said last time, the law of sin and of death is like gravity. No matter how hard we flap our arms, gravity always wins, right? Except for one thing, except for the law of aerodynamics. That law always beats the law of gravity. The law of the spirit of life is a lot like the law of aerodynamics. Now, you have to ask, how do we access this law? How do we make it work? Where is this law? I believe it's in verse 4. Those that walk according to the Spirit automatically activate the law of the Spirit of life. Let me paint the picture like this. You can jump up and down and flap your arms as much as you want, but no matter what you do, you'll never be able to fly. You'll always lose to gravity. But guess what? You have an airplane. The airplane is like the Spirit. And if you're in the spirit and it's functioning in the law of aerodynamics, then actually you don't have to do anything. You just sit in the airplane and it flies. Well, you just rest in Christ, walk according to the spirit, and you naturally, effortlessly fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. You naturally live the life that Christ lived. Wow. Sorry, I just took over. This makes me so excited. I hope our listeners are jumping up and down like me. But let's dig a little more here, Christian. We want to activate this law of the spirit of life by walking according to the spirit. But what does that mean? Or what does that look like? Here, you know, they're talking about walking according to the spirit and being in Christ, being freed in Christ. And that the righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled by the, by the Lord. So I think uh, I would say it's like a transfer from me trying to me, me trying to fulfill the law all the time from me enjoying being in Christ. <laughs> you see the, the change there uh, instead of there's that kind of me struggling all the time, however big or small. A change from just enjoying being in Christ, enjoying the law of the spirit of life. And we and it this this word hopefully would infuse faith into us that Christ has fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. So by me being in Christ, by me enjoying being in Christ, by me being organically connected to Christ, that it will automatically, in a sense, fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. And this may play out more practically, like I start my day, I, I'm enjoying the Lord, I'm enjoying the word, or I've, I've had some enjoyment with some fellowship with some fellow believers. And because I have that supply, I have the grace, it, it's, it's living and operating and active within me, then spontaneously I'm fulfilling the law, whatever the law means to us, you know, maybe, maybe for someone, it's being a good spouse, whatever that may mean for me doing my job correctly as a PhD student right now, I, I need the law of the spirit of life to be a proper PhD student right now. Trust me. Um, In my flesh, I do not. So yeah, that, 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 that requirement of the law is fulfilled by our 
enjoying being uh, in Christ. Amen. I really like that point that you brought out about enjoying being in Christ. These verses have mentioned the phrase in Christ a few times, and I strongly echo you. Whenever I'm in Christ, the supply is there. I'm not so much in my effort of trying to be patient and kind at my job. I'm not relying on myself to navigate patience through this pandemic. Rather, I'm actually just resting in Christ. I'm learning to walk according to the Spirit. Speaking of, let's read verses 5 and 6 because I think they give us a very practical way of resting in Christ, of walking according to the Spirit. This is Romans 8, 5 through 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Bro, these two verses make it so practical. It's all dependent on the mind. When I wake up in the morning, instantly my mind is being pulled in 30 million directions. In fact, a lot of my patients that struggle with insomnia say that as soon as they wake up, their mind is already running. Our phone keeps beeping. Notifications keep popping up. Work is already starting to creep in. But if we take that 10 minutes in the morning and just open God's Word, but not read it like a histology textbook, but we eat the Word. For example, let's say we read Romans 8.6. It's good to just read it. It's good to memorize it. But it's even better to pray it back to God. Something like, Lord, thank you I can set my mind on the Spirit. Lord, even today, teach me to set my mind on the Spirit. Lord, what does it mean to set my mind on the Spirit? I guarantee you, practice this. You pray this to God, and God will be more than happy to reveal this to you. And then, for the rest of your day, you've got some more supply. You've got grace. You've also got something you can feed others with. You can even speak this to your classmates. This is just amazing. And this is such a contrast to struggling in the flesh. Every morning, there is this battle. You wake up and the world is trying to pull you into the flesh. But you can always take that opportunity, and throughout the day as well, to spend time with the Lord, to pray, to set your mind on the Spirit, so you can walk according to the Spirit, so that the law of the Spirit of life can operate in you. What an amazing section. Looks like you want to add something, Christian. Actually, I, I was reminded of our uh, Genesis series that we had done before in this verse because there's actually kind of a, a miniature of the Garden of Eden here. We've got, we've got us, and we've kind of got our mind. We can either choose our flesh, which results in death, or we can choose our spirit, which results in life and peace. And this is basically us in the garden with the two trees, tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And again, it's, it's just uh, two ways of living. It's one way of living is a, a life dependent on God, enjoying God as our source, as was originally intended by God, as a tree of life to us. Or the other way, 
according to knowledge, living a life according to knowledge seems like seems like the more knowledge we get, the more dead we get. <laughs> the more, more uh, well, definitely for sure, in certain ways, independent from God, independent from other people. I, I don't know. So uh, I, I was just considering um, remembering that picture. You know, we, every day we have this opportunity to to pick choose life or actually passively end up in death so uh, may we all choose life we'll leave it there what a wonderful wrap-up christian the theme we saw in genesis 2 is being repeated here in romans 8 showing that god's heart and plan has never changed and yes christian May we all learn to walk according to the Spirit by minding the things of the Spirit every day in all our situations. Next week, we will be continuing in Romans 8 and focusing on God dwelling in us and filling us. I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Feel free to share this with family and friends. Looks like we are getting back together soon. So, if you're free from 12 to 1 this Wednesday, Christians at UMC will be meeting at the Student Union. I hope to see you guys there. Have a great week. Yes, I